Sure. I'm Dr. George Flynn. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about people and we have people on that always want to help other people. And one of the people that I know, known him for a little while now, John Checky, he wants to help others. That's his mission now. He has made it in life and he wants to help others uh, with their financial situation and with other things in their lives. So, John, thank you very much for being on the podcast with us. It's a Win with Flynn podcast, and you're a winner. And I want you on to talk to others about what they have, what they can do. I'm going to do my level best for those of us talking and hoping to be heard by those listening to speak up. And since I had the handicap of growing up in northern New Jersey, slow my pace down so normal people, not just people from New Jersey, can actually understand what I'm about to say. My mission in life is to help people be healthy, wealthy, and wise by filling their own destiny in life. Because everybody has a God-given talent. It's the things that we find so easy to do that we're sure everybody can do it. However, there's certain reasons why certain people make their lawns look really pretty. And those of us who don't do that that well hire other people to do that for us. And years ago, when I became a widower at the ripe old age of 51, thanks to being married to a manic depressive suicidal alcoholic for 19 years till the day she died, I was told by the lady who ran the grief recovery group, you were no longer authorized to climb on your roof and hang upside down putting Christmas lights on your house. Because when you fall off the roof, there'll be no one there to yell at you and tell you what an idiot you were. It was a great eye-opening event for me. And yes, I'm going to apologize in advance of being accidentally funny and I've learned later in life to be funny on purpose. And here's kind of why. Most of us have heard people prattle on, just talk and talk and talk. And these poor misguided people fantasize that the people listening, in quotes, italics, are actually interesting in what we have to say. And they were the first person on earth to have unearthed this amazing insight to life. Here on the planet Earth, since I'm only 75 and a half, I've realized when I say something, I am probably not the first person who's ever said it to you. I could be the 50,000th person who has said it to you. And I'm basically just remembering and reminding you of what your wise old grandparents could have and should have told you or what they could have done to encourage you along with your parents to actually recognize who you are, pursue that with great passion and purpose so that you never get bored. Just today, when my wife was entertaining people, because that's what she does, she's a professional entertainer and a certified yoga coach. She teaches three classes a week, despite being almost as old as I am, and sings once a week with a swing band. I didn't realize what a big deal singing with a swing band was, but when we were at the Pebble Beach Concours de Elegance, the number one judged collector car show in the United States, if not the world. She identified another singer, chatted a bit, and a brain surgeon who happened to be the drummer of the band came over to me and said, are you the manager? I said, no, I'm actually the husband. We don't manage anything. And he said, I would like to ask your permission to have your wife sing with our band. 
And I said, okay. Susie got up and sang. And the brain surgeon said, we don't ever except today ever ask anybody to sing an encore but Susie you were so amazing we would like you to sing an encore and that kind of made the whole trip for Susie other than getting lots of good crab cakes where we're staying and then I got to meet the guy who did Wayne Carini's chrome work Wayne Carini's a very famous car collector guy on tv chasing classic cars and this guy had done Wayne's Packard the chrome work and son of a gun if Wayne's Packard didn't win his class and since Wayne is as short as I am when I got to see him first thing in the morning when the cars were rolling in I got to take a selfie and we we're both in the same picture which for short people is a major accomplishment one of the things we like to talk about for people who are well seasoned as your grandchildren call you old people uh, what are some of the advantages of aging and these advantages are true for every single age. Whether you're my 11-year-old grandson, Zachariah, who's an inventor just like George is. And I say that because Zachariah, along with his two sisters, sweet Elizabeth and Sarah, are great artists. Literally, when I say they're great artists, they paint like somebody who has had training and talent in drawing things, unlike their father and grandfather who, when I turned in my engineering graphics to College of Engineering, they were so bad that the professor said, is this some kind of a joke? Who did this? Now, I had dreamed my whole life of going to college, and I was going to set me free from my lower middle class, or actually lower class, upper class part of that. In other words, we had a basement, we had a garage, we even had a swimming pool in our backyard. But our parents taught us, you're poor. And you're poor, it never worked well for me because I've always dressed well as soon as I had my own money by going to work. And I look like somebody who came from Southern Italy because 92% of my background is Southern Italian. And a couple of weeks ago when Susie and I went to Rome and Sorrento, beautiful places, I discovered where my fashion sense came. Because those guys looked a lot like I did in every sense of the word, how they dressed, how they walked, and so forth. But at every age has an opportunity to gather information and to convert that information into knowledge. And then if you take your knowledge and actually do something with it, as opposed to go to one more seminar, just so you can get some more information, just so you can get all popped up and pumped up, and want to go conquer the world while you can hardly find your car keys, rather than do that, take that information and convert it into wisdom by having perspective on what's going on around you. When you have perspective, you can anticipate the chaos and the order that can go on with you. And I love chaos. And I love chaos because when you have chaos, everybody looks around for someone and goes, I have a solution for this. I want you to make the phone call to 911. I want you to put your hand over the bleeding. And I want you to keep people from coming in and out of here. And I want the rest of you to form a circle around this injured person. I learned that in Rescue Diver. I also learned in Rescue Diver, now a dive master, that is I am, that you can't say, would somebody make a phone call? You have to point to somebody directly 
And when you're rescuing somebody, you need to make sure that the most important person in the rescue mission, just like your mission, is the rescuer. Because if the rescue person drowns or panics, everybody has a problem. And I'm talking to George, who I always call George, despite the fact he is an inventor, owner of umpty ump radio stations and businesses, and all the people who pretend to coach him are really so jealous of him because he's actually doing what they want to do. And he only has to get in an airplane when he wants to get in an airplane, not to go be a dancing bear. But I digress. The second thing you do along in life, you might want to exhibit some kindness to people. If you want to have a wonderful time in a restaurant, be nice to the car park guy or gal. Be nice to the wonderful person who greets you, the hostess or host. And ask for a table that's kind of quiet and tell people, we're going to kind of take our time because we're celebrating simply being alive and we will make it worth your while. And I've never met a wait staff person with one exception of sugar nameless or didn't get that joke because wait staff people, God bless them, work for tips and they're also not used to being treated as a human being so the helpful hint number two is be kind to people and treat them not as the way you would like to be treated but as you imagine how they would like to be treated i love people who talk fast get to their decisions in a hurry and what have you but i'm a, a natural born analytical i always tell people i will have to think about this and everybody who is smart and has been trained knows that when you talk to an analytical, if you press us, the answer is, it's a very short answer. And it's always no, but thank you very much for asking, no matter how many times you call. Another benefit as you gain some perspective, learn to be generous to your favorite charity, your church. I hope and pray that you have a belief system that recognizes the incredible God that made this amazing universe. If you doubt that, go look at the stars outside the city some days. You can actually see what the sky actually looks like. George and I have a mutual friend who warned us that, oh, Tuesday, there's a full moon. And I thought, you know, I never enjoy full moons that much because it makes people just slightly crazier than usual. Therefore, when you know that in advance, it's a good idea on a full moon if you can avoid going places it's a wonderful day to skip the meeting because everybody's going to be slightly whacked out when it comes to that but if you can learn to be slightly kinder than the rude people that surround you if you can learn to hang out with kind people not exploitable people but kind people that's helpful what are some of the benefits that you can have if you learn to live on less money than you make the secret of all financial success, I mean, every single person, doesn't matter who it is, even Elon Musk, who borrowed money to go pay his rent after he sold PayPal for several million dollars, because he's one of those all-in guys, but hardly any of us are ever going to be mistaken for Elon Musk when it comes to brightness and adventureness. Most of us, when we went to college, didn't rent out our house for parties and turn it into a party barn to pay your way through college. Go look him up in terms of seeing how amazing a person he is. Nor would we want to trade our background for his background. But if you learn to spend less money than you make, you can start to accumulate money. And if you learn to, and this is the secret of the universe when it comes to financial independence. Now, hardly anybody is as bright and imaginative as George. 
And I won't embarrass George, but I'll let you know that George is even more mature than I am in terms of calendar years. So congratulations on not looking anywhere near as old as I do, never mind as old as you do, George. But if you can learn to live on less money than you make, save 10% of what you make, invest for growth and income, and never touch it, you, you too will be a happy, older person. What's the probability of actually doing that? When I was only 16 years of age and doing some research on investments, letting you know what a geek I was basically at birth, I was a high school kid who had his own stock account at age 16. My mother had to sign for it as a Uniform Gift to Minors Act. And I put my savings in Hawthorne Savings Alone in California because they paid either a half percent or a quarter percent more than the local savings and loan association, which is within walking distance of my house. And we had picked up a savings habit since we were in the second grade in Lincoln School because they came around with a little passbook that you can actually put your quarter in and, and get a credit on your savings account. And we'd go to the post office and buy savings bond stamps to put in our savings bond thingamajig. So that started at birth. Also, since we had a coal furnace, we learned to shovel coal, start coal fires. And the most exciting part, carrying a big, not bag, but big can of ashes up the cellar stairs thus building some endurance and some thigh strength. But if you learn to live on less money than you make, be generous, invest for growth and income, again, you too will be a happy older person. Now, for old people like my wife and I, we have a nice size house with nine closets. None of our nine closets are empty. So anytime I think I need to buy something, I simply go, I think I will go shopping in one of the closets. And I can find about 35 white button-down shirts, 15 blue button-down shirts, three pink button-down shirts. I'm not going to tell you how many blue sport jackets I have, but I will tell you a funny story on that. One of my friends whose wife actually sold us this house said, my dad died. He was about your size. He's a clothes horse. He was a clothes horse. You are a clothes horse. I would like you to bring some of his clothes. I would like to take you some of his clothes. And I said, Bob, I have this many suits. You can't see this, but I'm holding my hands out as wide as I can hold them out and still be on the camera, number of suits and that many sport jackets. And I lost count at several dozen pants and I don't need any more clothes, but thanks for asking. One Sunday morning at 7.30, my doorbell rang and there was Bob with two armfuls of clothes, two beautiful tuxedos couple of wonderful suits, 1970 and 80s style, and son of a Brussels sprout. His father was the exact same size as I am because his clothes fit me like somebody had tailored them for my body specifically. My wife loves these suits because they fit so well. There's one, I'll call it a Technicolor jacket. It's really peach colored. And I took it to a cruise and I was just sure that I was going to leave it in the closet on my way out. So somebody from whatever country the guy who does our room comes from, usually Philippines, could have that jacket because it probably would fit him too. I got so many compliments on that peach colored jacket that I still wear it to go watch my wife sing in other occasions because whether it's my purple jacket or my peach jacket or some other odd colored jacket, the rest of the world thinks that's cool. Me being a certified public accountant and a certified financial planner who's used to wearing dark gray and dark blue 
and Glenn Plaid. Can't imagine why anybody would wear flashy clothes like that, but it attracts attention. And if you want to attract attention, which is not one of my goals, it's wonderful. My wife loves attracting attention. Therefore, if I want to be standing next to her and not be completely drowned out by her amazing outfits, that's what I do. Another helpful hint that George and I both agree with, and that is decide to be healthy. How can you do this? I've been listening to a book called Outlive by a man named Dr. Peter Attila, A-T-T-I-A. And the funny part about this book, he's got all kinds of analytical stuff and he monitors this and that and he videos his exercises to make sure he has proper form. And he used to box and swim long and all kinds of other stuff. But he actually casts doubt and dispersions on almost every fad diet that you can actually read three or four books on, even keto, which is something he used to like, and fasting, something he also used to like. And he basically boiled down to what my parents and grandparents said to me a long time ago when I was a little boy. That was, Johnny, eat things that actually agree with your body and your system. Again, being 92% Southern Italian by genetics, I find if I eat the Mediterranean diet, which is as natural to me as breathing. So today I made some shiitake mushrooms, a pound of um, beef. You'd call it a hamburger. It's just a patty of beef and some peppers and some wonderful quinoa. And it was very tasty and spicy. And I put some broth on it too, just to make it absolutely dead solid perfect and i cut some vegetables that is spices from my garden to spice it up in terms of oregano and basil that's as natural to me as breathing now dr okay always be preparing for what's coming up next now i've been giving speeches since i was a little kid and when people told me the number one fear in america was giving speeches i was very confused on the concept and you can say, gee, how did that happen, John? Well, I became a certified scuba diver thanks to going to Hackensack YMCA when I was in junior high school. I know that sounds weird at 14 to be a certified scuba diver, but I formed a scuba diving club with some other kids and we became scuba divers. We were trained by underwater demolition people out of the Navy. So they would throw your stuff in the bottom of the pool, tell you to go get it. It was wonderful training. Nobody drowned in the pool or when they went on their open water dive. So when you show up at the science fair with a scuba diving rig and a report on sharks and pictures of sharks, you get asked to give a speech. That's just how life works. If you do things that are unusual, mm -hmm. people say, gee, Willikers, can you make a presentation on this? Right. Well, my dad had great verbal skills, despite being a guy who was a welder. Before that, he worked with some guys in New Jersey. I'll let you fill in your mind what it means for working for some guys in New Jersey at gambling joints. And I asked my dad, gee, dad, did you carry a gun? He said, no, but they were available. So again, you can fill in the blanks. If you ever mistakenly call my mom, one of my clients did, it took him 20 minutes. And he was a big time lobbyist for Eli Lilly to get my mother to admit that she knew who I was. So you ever talk to an Italian American about anything, you're going to get a long trip and not much information. Have a nice day. But at any rate, in terms of what you need to be doing when it comes to deciding to be healthy is to establish your baselines. And George, who's a doctor, can help you with that in terms of finding out what your blood pressure is, what your vital signs are, and the like. And then you can read any number of books 
about just taking a small step in the right direction to improve whatever it is you're trying to improve. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I go to gyms on a regular basis and have for many, many, many years. And Sanvika, I see all kinds of people who obviously have, I'll call it eating disorders. I'm back when I used to waste my time trying to give people advice who could not hear me while I was talking to them because I could see them not listening to me while I was talking. Most people could just eat a bite less through the Jake LaMotta diet and change nothing but eating one bite less and not going back for seconds. And miraculously, you'd weigh less. And if you could just take a slightly farther away from your restaurant parking space, you too might weigh less because you would actually have walked some. Now, if you go to Italy, you'll learn there are a lot of hills in Italy. And you won't find many fat people in Italy. Now, when you go to New York, you'll see a lot of fat Italian-Americans because this is the land of plenty where you fall over restaurants and food. And when people come here from other parts of the world, they cannot believe how available food is. Personally, I can't believe how complicated supermarkets are because I never see the middle aisles. I just shop in the produce section, the dairy section, and the meat section, and the fresh, unsalted, unroasted, in other words, raw nuts. And I avoid peanuts. I'm not sure why. I just don't like them that much. But establish your baselines. Find out where you are in terms of your height, weight, and what have you. The most important helpful hint I give to people, though, is just one thing in one word. Curiosity. If you can continue to be curious, same type of curiosity that you had when you were struggling to be able to turn on a water faucet so you can get yourself a drink of water without bothering your parents to get a drink of water. That kind of curiosity. Now, for those of us who are ridiculously curious in the CPA function, I can recall stacking up a bunch of things, going on top of my father's high bureau, chest of drawers, and getting down the tax code when I wasn't even in school yet. I'm not sure what I thought was in that book, but I discovered that in 1953, when I was five, I'm not sure how I could read this, that the maximum tax rate in 1953 was 98%. And I thought, how in the heck could somebody who made $350,000 give 98% of what they made to the government? And I was informed at an early age that people who make that much money always hire somebody who has some initials after his or her name that figures out wonderful ways so that people are smart enough to make whatever the maximum tax bracket is in terms of income hardly ever pay the maximum tax rate, for God's sake. Otherwise they would not have been smart enough to make that much money, with the exception of rock and roll singers or any other artist who woke up one day and suddenly had a gazillion dollar record or download and somebody forgot to tell them that they were being charged for their hotel room, their production costs, and all kinds of other stuff. And they hired a business manager who looks just like me, but is not like me. And the business manager gets rich. The business manager's girlfriend gets a fur coat and the poor guy or gal who's doing the dancing bear act gets to pay off those taxes for years and years and years and there are any number of stand-up comedians who also fell into that kevin hart has a great story about hey i made a quarter of a million dollars i bought my dad house bought this and that and then i discovered i owed a whole bunch of taxes it took him 15 years if memory serves me correctly to finally climb out of that tax debt 
So if you didn't make a lot of money, kids, go hire somebody with initials after their name. Not me. I'm not taking on any CPA clients, but somebody who actually specializes in whatever industry you're in, whether it's the auto body shop business, the get people back on the road business that is healthcare, or even the financial planning business, get somebody who really knows the ins and outs of whatever it is you're doing. Another thing that's kind of funny to me, just this morning, I was watching some YouTube stuff and the guy said he moved to Japan for a couple of years. And he said that people were, there were a bunch of centenarians, people who were a hundred and they were still walking and bicycling and climbing mountains and what have you. Never been to Japan. It's not on my list in terms of places I want to go. Although I really enjoy Japanese food because the restaurants are clean. What they really have is the sense of community. If you study how people live a long, happy, healthy life with a long health span, you're going to find, yes, they have decent enough eating habits. Yes, they're hardly ever fat. You'll find some laugh out loud, funny people who say, I drink whiskey every morning, smoke 11 cigars. And you think, oh, gee, how could that be? Well, every time I saw that particular guy who was a World War II veteran who lived to be 112, was a black guy that lived either in Austin or Houston. It was actually Austin. He always had a bunch of people around him. Everybody was laughing. They were happy. He had community. Today, I was talking to one of my clients who's as old as I am and congratulated her on the fact that she has really prepared to have tremendous relationships. Now, she's only been a client since 1990. And last time I calculated with a math in my head, that was only 33 short years ago. And it happened to be, I was giving a seminar for the first time all by myself. Normally, when you give seminars as a financial planner, there are witnesses to make sure that you've said what was on the script. And son of a gun, as I was leaving the office, a guy from Ireland who gave seminars with me said, I'm not going. I said, excuse me? He said, I'm not going. Okay, that underscores be ready to perform when you're not getting the support that you think you're going to get because I was supposed to do part of the script. He was supposed to do the other part of the script. We're supposed to answer questions together. And he announced he had quit IDS American Express. He was going to work for a high bank, your bank. And have a nice day. So go to Southwest Organ Bank, a place where they actually harvested organs from people who died from traumas. And I was the fourth act on a six-act dance card at lunchtime. I don't know if we've ever been the fourth speaker out of six that are coming up at lunchtime. But it's like the movie Animal House in terms of how distracted people are by the time you finally get to go up there. And back in olden days, we didn't have cute little laptop computers and things that looked like little, of all things, vacuum cleaners that actually projected the light on a screen. We had these big, heavy, cumbersome racks of slides and scripts and projectors and really cool extra lenses to put on there to really get a good picture. So I walked in there being May, <clears throat> sorry, I haven't given a speech since I was a little kid. I took the script and I put it against the door, set up my stuff and said, if anybody asks if I use the script, tell him, yes, he used the script. Please don't bother to tell them I used it to keep the door closed. At the end of the speech, and this lady actually was at that speech. I said, you know, if you can't save now, I want you to roll your life tape forward to 30 years from now. And imagine you're totally dependent on the government 
and to avoid being old, sick, and broke, you might start to do some of the things I mentioned to you in the short, happy worksheet. One, change the beneficiaries on your 401k because probably your second wife is going to be very aggravated with you after you die because your first wife is going to be really happy that you forgot to update your beneficiaries. And you can think that's an inane thing to remind people of, but I could see people's blood draining from their face because an awful lot of people never update documents. I'm going to bet, and this will be my last point, I'm going to bet most of you have heard the need to have a will. Now, for those of you who really don't like lawyers, and I'm not a lawyer, nor do I play one on TV, but for those of you who don't like lawyers, lawyers love people who don't have wills. And you might say, why is that, John? Because they make more money from people who die in test state without a will, straightening stuff out. Read a joke on that subject. So if you can't remember anything on this, and it's not legal advice, check with your legal advisor or go look it up on chat GPT or Google or whatever it is you use searching. You might just write out a will in your handwriting, sign it and date it. And that's better than nothing. Or you might video it as well. But I'm suggesting to you that you want to have a will in place. No kidding. And you also want to have some help directives. And George can address this topic much better than I can. Because the first thing you do or you're asked when somebody carts you to an emergency facility is, do you have a health directive? I know this is the case because my mother was 90-something years of age and I took her to a place like that. That's the first question they asked me. And at, in that place that was in Dallas, Texas, they had those things you could just sign. And as much, as convenient as that is, and as much as I love institutions. Hold on and, one second, one second. Ready to go again. Yeah. As much as I love institutions, I'm hardly ever so trusting that while I'm tense and stressed, I want to sign something I've not read and understood in advance. Now, you might be more trusting than me, but I grew up in northern New Jersey, and we learned to ask more questions unless we really didn't give a flip or flop about the results. So have some health directives as well. And know if you're, in my case, despite being 75 and a half, I'm looking forward to going to heaven and meeting Jesus. I really am. I'm as healthy as any 75-year-old you're going to meet, with the exception of Jack LaLanne, who died a few years back. But most people look forward to going to heaven, but not today. So I'm going to suggest to you to get your affairs in order in every sense of the word, your belief system, your financial affairs, your relationships, your attitude. And if you decide to make each and every day a great day, you're going to discover that it's going to be a lot more fun to be you than it was yesterday. My name is John Checky. That's my two cents, and you can keep the change. John, thank you very much for being here. Uh, I'm sure everybody learned a lot, and if they were taking notes, uh, I think it's really good to review those notes. How can people get in touch with you? Uh, because I'm sure there are going to be a lot of questions. You can look up checkyfinancial.com. C-H-E-C-K-I. Yeah, basically, it's just like the word check with an I on the end, and it's checky financial. When I first became a financial advisor, one sarcastic person from South Dakota said to me, did you make up your name? 
I see here, John Checky, write me a check. Now, it should be C-E-C-C-H-I. That's the Italian spelling. In addition to that, when I first started doing this, it's about 40 years ago, and I had salt and pepper hair, wore eyeglasses, and that same lady said to me, you're so lucky. You look exactly like people think a CPA or a financial advisor should look. You have some gray hair, not white hair, you wear glasses, and you look so wonderfully academic. I do a lot of research, if you can't tell from my speech. Just today, I looked up chat GPT on what are the normal concerns of an affluent, attractive, 75-year-old widow. Because I was about to meet with an attractive, 75-year-old widow who had been my client for 33 years. And you think to yourself, last point. If you've talked to this lady for 33 years, what could chat GPT teach you? And I'm going to tell you with a scientific background, because that's what we studied back when I was going to school, four years of science, four years of math, and got to go work in the laboratory with people who had worked on the atomic bomb and the New York rocket. And the average IQ was 140 and 150 scale. Thank God. In the IQ test, they asked me some questions and knew the answer to. You're always doing research to broaden your perspective. And at 75 or whatever, if you can remember just one thing from this, always be learning and applying what you're learning. John, thank you again. And uh, look forward to, I'm sure there are going to be a lot of questions. Look forward to having you back on. I'm Thanks, George. George. Flynn. You, yes. Thank you, you have fun and stay well. And uh, I'm George Flynn, you've been uh, watching, listening to, and taking in the information on Win with Flynn. And my guest has been John Checky. Thank you very much, John. Thank you, George. Stay